Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I'm going to be joined by Eric Skeldon, and we're going to explore how to use challenges to sell out an NFT project. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Eric Skeldon. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Eric Skeldon. If you don't know who Eric is, he's the author of the book, Kingdom Mine. His podcast is Kingdom Passive Income, and Eric is the founder of Kingdom Warriors NFT, a Web3 entertainment company. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks, Michael. Super excited to be here. I'm excited to have you today. Eric and I are going to explore how he used challenges to sell out his NFT project. Now, before we get into that, I want to hear your story. Like, How the heck did you get into NFTs? Start wherever you want to start. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Shout out to Crypto Business, Social Media World. Man, I think growing up, I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I was always very, I would say, like creative and was labeled everything from ADD, ADHD, dyslexia. I kind of didn't really fit into some of the norms of the traditional school system, but I was able to kind of like fit in and like make jokes and kind of revert to becoming like a class clown and just, you know, kind of just knew I was a little different kind of growing up. I ended up playing basketball pretty much my whole life. I love things like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Mario, and I love video games. And Legend of Zelda was a huge thing for me. So 
growing up, you know, I was kind of like an undercover nerd, but wanted to be like the jock. And I was pretty good at basketball. But in the school I grew up in, it was like near Dallas. And it was just some of the best basketball players ever. I'm six foot. You know, my dad's from Johannesburg, South Africa. My mom's Hispanic. So we have, you know, very, you know, it's like tall and short. My dad's six, three. My mom's like five, like four. So, I mean, I ended up getting right in the middle, but I, I knew I wasn't getting a scholarship in in basketball. So I ended up turning and becoming a cheerleader. My dad was like, you know, he's very frugal and very like conservative in the sense that he's like, you're going to pay for college. Like you figure something out. Like he paid, my dad paid for his MBA at University of North Texas. And then later on, I got a cheerleading scholarship, ended up trying to figure out what I was going to do in college. I didn't really know. I, you know, flunked out of math a few times. So I passed everything else in community college. And then I ended up deciding that I wanted to serve in the military. Both my grandfather served in the military. So I decided to enlist as the Texas Army National Guard as the Army paratrooper and was really just trying to find like my purpose. Like, what am I going to do in this world? You know, I knew I was, you know, creative. I was entrepreneurial. You know, I was decent at sales, but I didn't know what I was going to do in the in the real world. I liked cheerleading, but it was like I didn't see myself a future in the in the cheerleading world, which now they finally just got like a documentary on Netflix that like went super viral, but showing like some of the real world of, you know, male and female cheerleading co-ed. And anyways, uh, after that, I went and served and met my wife. Yeah, I got married to love my life and was in active duty for about seven, eight months doing infantry school, airborne school, really kind of learning that whole side of the military, the army, boot camp, you know, jumping out of airplanes before graduating that and then ended up going into the business world right when I got back and finished my business degree at University of North Texas. And so the army at that point, the army paid for it. And one cool thing about being in the military is you get something called exempt from remedial classes. So the remedial math classes that I failed in community college, I got exempt. So I got straight to university. I got with some prior service military people, passed math, was able to finish what I started. I felt like I needed to finish what I started with school even though I really didn't like it. And so I got a business degree, you know, to sum it up quickly, I love technology. I love sales. The first job I got out of college, I was working at this like automated logistics warehouse, like from a tar, it was like in the target distribution center. I was like this German company that automated this pretty much all the stuff you see at target that's produce and, and frozen. And it, it was in the Texas Dallas area. And I remember like leaving that job and going to just um, re- be uh, refer people to Lyft and drive Lyft. I was driving business people around. I was, it was when Lyft was really just trying to grow and compete with Uber. And I remember I just got like hundreds of people signed on. They paid me $20 per head to get new users. And I had like thousands of affiliate codes. I was putting affiliate codes at all the different bars and hotels. And we had all of us affiliate people got to come up with their own codes. My codes were hotel perks, bar perks, cowboys. Like I would like basically like now we have domains and we have all that stuff. There was like their own domains for the affiliates. Lyft. I remember making good money doing that. And I was like, I'm really good at connecting people and like getting people, you know, I, something that I believed in. I believed in Lyft at the time, like as this new service for taxis and I was a driver. And anyways, so I, with that, I kind of, after that, that's when I got into software sales. I, I kind of having that, like, I really like software and technology. And then I, I did well at a software sales company, ended up moving to Wichita, Kansas from Dallas, enrolling in the school of uh, Bethel School of Technology that partnered with Was University who's was Steve Wozniak's coding school. I ended up dropping out of that, but still built my first website, got kind of foundations in JavaScript and CSS and some of the languages. Really knew that I was definitely the visionary. I wasn't the, you know, going to be the coder, but I wanted to have the foundation for 
the code. Bring us up to the NFT because I would love to know how, how you got into that space. Yeah. So after that, I ended up going in, yeah, becoming a, I dropped out of the coding school, but finished, went back into sales in Kansas, became like a six figure salesperson. And then kind of all that knowledge of like, of all that stuff, I ended up leaving the corporate world three years ago and I was really just doing digital marketing. I have a digital marketing agency and was just helping people with their launches using challenges or using Facebook groups or funnels and um, ended up a year ago, just ended up just kind of diving into the NFT world from TikTok, you know, just seeing TikTok videos, seeing these little short videos on Board Ape Yacht Club. And I was like, what is Board Ape Yacht Club? It has to be more than just a million dollar ape. There has to be more to it. What's behind it? What's the reason behind it? I love psychology and marketing is all about like the psychology of, you know, coming into something. And so I started studying it and seeing there was a lot more to this world. And I just was, you know, just super excited. I just was like so fascinated with it. I bought over 70 NFTs and just got in a lot of communities and added value. And then I started coming up with this idea and that just kept like, I kept just adding to it this Google document of if I ever did an NFT project, what would I do? And then it just, I did that for months while I was in these communities, while I was buying NFTs and on Twitter, on Discord all the time. Um, I literally lived and breathed on Discord while, you know, having like this agency and consulting business. And tell us more, like you ended up launching a project. What was it called? Tell us all about it. So from there, it was August, November. I got the idea. I bought KingdomNFTs.com, which now KingdomNFTs.com is our like monthly event page. And then later on, I came up with the idea for Kingdom Warriors, which is going to be like this kind of like these cool supernatural type warriors uh, with, you know, swords and armor and all this like cool gear. And we're going to build this whole world around it. One of the things I learned is you have to have a really good story behind the NFT project. And I put this like little pitch deck together on Google, on a Google doc. And I ended up raising $50,000 from a friend and a faith-based mastermind. And that $50,000, we got a developer, we got, we ended up really getting some people that worked with like Sony, Disney, and Marvel. Our artist has worked with Sony. Our developer has worked on like some Marvel stuff as developer with Google and other places. And it just started rolling from there. Our first collection, uh, it was actually very meager. We didn't have like a quarter million dollar budget like some of these. And basically the money I raised went to hiring the team and developing the art, developing, you know, the infrastructure. And so we didn't really have any money for marketing. It was all organic. And we did a Discord and Twitter launch, kind of like the traditional, you know, way that they kind of do it just on Discord and Twitter promoting. And we did about $75,000 and we ended up selling 300 NFTs, 300 warriors. And that was our Gen 1 collection. Yeah, and we'll keep going because somehow challenges work their way into this, right? Yeah, so we sold out of that first collection of 300. And then from there, we we are going to a conference in Los Angeles, which I'm about to fly back out to Los Angeles in a couple of weeks to go to another conference from a mentor of mine who works with like Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi. Um, he did a challenge with Damon John. And I ended up, you know, I paid a ton of money to be in this to this group and learn this strategy challenge, you know, doing Facebook challenges. and after that conference, I really felt like, hey, we need to do a Facebook challenge and bring Web2 people into Web3. And we had some like other confirmations like, hey, you're going to do this. You're going to be a bridge from Web2 to Web3. And we ended up hiring the best challenge person I know or challenge funnel builder I know, Destiny and um, other people on the team just say, hey, let's get this challenge. Let's get the graphics. Let's get the funnel. And so if for people listening that are like, hey, you know, I'm in marketing. I've heard of people doing challenges. You know, I've seen Tony Robbins and some of these big people starting to do this. A challenge is, we call it taste and see marketing, but basically you can do a free challenge or a paid challenge, but 
what happens is they go through a funnel and they sign up for basically a three day challenge or a five day challenge. And for each day you show up for one hour and you just add as much value as you can on that topic. And we're going to come back to dive a little bit deeper on the challenges, but just a couple quick things that I want to, I want to clarify with you before I go a little bit deeper. So you've got your kingdom warriors project and how many different NFTs have you ended up launching? Just one collection, more than one collection. How many do you have total? So there are three generations all within one open sea collection. Got it. And how many total NFTs are there inside the collection right now? 8,888. And we are actually on our pre-sale. So we're about sold almost 5,500. And challenges were a big part of the reason you sold so many. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. So we went from, we got to 300 just only on Twitter and Discord. And then challenges got us from 300 to 5,000. Awesome. So about 90%. And then you've got this film project. You want to mention what's going on with that? You know, our big vision is kind of building like a, we call like a Kingdom Disney Marvel Web3 entertainment company where people have, imagine having assets connected to Star Wars or connected to Lord of the Rings, a billion dollar brand. We're kind of reverse engineering it like, hey, we don't know if we'll become a billion dollar brand, but right now we're already a $10 million brand just, just from, you know, doing a million in revenue. We're like, we're reverse engineering, you know, building a franchise and having the people kind of pre-sale and buy with you as you're developing these products, the films, the music, the movies, all the stuff. And so, and the art and the like concept art, the worlds. And so it's like, it's like almost like building the community as you go. And so we actually had, I mean, some of it from the NFTs, you know, budget, but we actually had some angel investors who um, were like, we did a challenge on Hollywood, like Web3 in Hollywood. And how can we reform Hollywood or just do some cool things with Web3 in Hollywood and using this technology versus only going to the studios, which now we're getting connected to Lionsgate and Universal and some of these studios to potentially do a big budget feature film. But we started with a four-part miniseries. And one of the questions I, you know, challenge our community and my mentor challenged me is, what is in your hands? You know, use what's in your hands and multiply that. Do something with what you have, like whether it's Wi-Fi or a cell phone or connections or whatever you have. And so we're able to raise $300,000. And with that $300,000, we're like, let's make the best production we could possibly do. This week, we should find out we have a Lord of the Rings actor who's already verbally confirmed that he's going to narrate it from the original Lord of the Rings. And there's some other really cool people we have press coming out that are a part of this. And it's completely shot. It's in the can and it's now in post-production. Wow. So we'll see more about it. What I love about your story, Eric, is that, and thank you for going so far back, you know, you were a kid who didn't seem to fit in in school, but you figured out creative ways to use your athleticism in your case, your humor, and then eventually your wit and your skills, right? Because maybe you aren't really good at math, but you've got a great vision and you've got a great idea. And I love the fact that you've been able to find the right people to partner with to ultimately make this become a reality because, you know, I'm also dyslexic. I've got kids that are ADHD. I'm not ADHD, but sometimes I think that um, these weaknesses, quote unquote, in the eyes of other people can actually be superpowers, right? Because we can use these to maybe challenge conventional wisdom or to do things that others say are impossible. What I would love to do is just ask you to say just a few words to people who are listening right now who might be thinking about getting in NFTs, but maybe in their mind, they're like, I don't have what it takes. What do you want to say to them? Yeah, I would say NFTs are for everyone. If you watch films, if you go to events, if you, in the future, basically NFTs are going to be a membership to a course, a membership. Basically, you don't have to have, we have people in our community that a majority of our community are actually over 50. They were like, hey, I don't know about technology that much. 
but because they're in here, they're learning, they're growing, they're having fun, they're building a community that's encouraging and loving on them as they're learning and growing past 50 years old. And so wherever you are in life, NFTs are safe communities to learn and grow and ask questions. Hey, what is Web3? What is the NFT? What is the blockchain? And not feel like you're behind the times because if you're listening to this right now, you're early. And if you're you know, even learning about NFTs right now, you're early and there's just so much, so much goodness coming in the future. Awesome. Let's talk about Facebook challenges. First of all, let's just back up and define what the heck a challenge is. Because I know in the internet marketing world, it's kind of known, but in the social marketing world, it may not be as well known. And in this audience, people may have no idea of what a challenge is, right? Like, so at a top level, just talk about what is a challenge. And then let's talk about what is a Facebook challenge. And then we'll dig into some of the, some of the things you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So a challenge is an, for us is a virtual event, a virtual event where you're challenged to think and grow on a certain theme or topic. I've seen challenges on, Facebook ads or a challenge to learn about social media or a challenge to learn about faith or challenge to learn about grieving from death. Like there's challenges to pretty much for every niche in the world. And so you can do a challenge to teach people about gardening, uh, how to garden, you know, and if there was ever an apocalypse or even if there's not an apocalypse because you want to garden. So real quick. So it sounds like a challenge is kind of like a free experience. Is that right? Or a low cost experience that's designed to give someone a taste of what might be something you're selling behind the scenes. Is, is that kind of the, the reason? Behind exactly. It? Yeah. So you, you give people basically a ton of value, low cost or a free three, five day event. And through that experience, you're either adding enough value to where people are like, I really like this person. I like, you know, I like who they are, I like what they're talking about. They're answering questions. And then the community around it, the community around it is what makes it so great is because everyone is, either doing homework, they're activating. So like when we do the challenges, you're going live. People are going live for the first time. They're speaking on Facebook Live. They're doing the homework saying, here's my biggest takeaway, or here's what I'm going to overcome, or here's what I'm working on. And then everyone else in the community, hundreds of people or even dozens of people can now are learning and saying, hey, nice to meet you. Oh, you're from North Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. Oh, you're, man, I, your story, you know, people, we're encouraging people to share their story and share you know, a little bit more about them, where they're from, what they do. And, and so the community and the everyone doing it together is it's just like, it's like almost like working out, but then you're working out with a lot of people or you're learning something new with a lot of people. Why is it effective from a marketing perspective, in your opinion? So it's super effective because just the results and the breakthroughs that come out of it, out of this experience. So it's like you sometimes if you go to like a intimate like event or a mastermind, and you're like working with all these people. And if the more you put into it and you're like taking notes, you're really like pondering on what, you know, what the speakers are saying, especially if you go to good challenges, there's good speakers. There's so much like so much value and lessons. People are really out there right now trying to give people as much value saying, hey, if I could do this, you could do this. Here's my story. You know, here's how to do this. And there's so much. And then if you take the lessons and there's even the backstage part of it where it's like you could, you know, you know, basically like for us, it's like thirty one dollars and you get to go backstage with the speakers and get all the recordings of the event and you get to have, you know, and then people that are going backstage, I mean, they're learning so much, they're growing so much, they're getting their questions answered. So it's just this whole like process where you're getting challenged, you're growing, you're growing with other people, you're building a tribe. And then you kind of find either you find a home there or find like a family where I want to like work with these people or be in this group on a higher level. And then so it brings in clients from the marketing perspective, you bring in clients because they people see Either I vibe with you or I don't. And and it's good because it's a good, you know, it, and it's not just like a webinar 
webinars is one hour automated webinar. Sometimes it's live, but people got tired of that. So the challenges are like, hey, you're with me. Like, and then you're going backstage with me and this my speakers. And you're seeing that these people are amazing. They care for you. And then and once you get to hang out with them and all these people, you're like, man, this is like an intimate post-COVID. People want these more intimate experiences. They're coming backstage. They're asking questions. They're they're learning from you while you're live training them in person or in person online. Let's talk about how you did it with Facebook. Just assume that we understand a little bit about Facebook. I'm assuming you're using Facebook ads and some special targeting, but let's talk about how did you use challenges specifically on Facebook? What were the, you know, like break it down for us a little bit. Yeah. So step one, you need a good, um, we use click funnels. So, you know, we have the click funnels funnel that funnels them in. It brings them in uh, with a good copy, good um, headline, a good video, all bringing them in, sharing, what are they going to learn? What is this going to be about? What are these what are you taking them through in this five days? Who's your who? Who are you writing to? Who's the audience that when you start targeting that audience of whoever it is going to be, they're like reading and you're like, wow, they're talking just to me. And then you lead them through, you know, with good graphics, good video, good uh, letter to your who. And then they're going through the funnel. And then the next page is going to go to the Facebook group, the free Facebook private group. So it's a private, you know, setting on Facebook. Uh, it's only for, you know, people that are wanting to be in that challenge, wanting to be a part of this process. And you have a private Facebook group and then you have the VIP upsell. So they can now, the first part's free, but they have the option to purchase, you know, all the recordings, you know, sometimes you can give lifetime access to all the recordings, put them in a course afterward, or, and then also you can give them uh, backstage and where they can get Q&A as well. That's what we, how we do it. And then that's it. That's that's the funnel. So how are they getting into the funnel in the first place? Are you using Facebook ads or using all the social platforms, email? So how are you getting people in there in the first place? Yeah, so we have blasting on all social media. We also have an affiliate. We bought KingdomAmbassador.com and that's like our Kingdom Warriors affiliate program. So like all of our holders earn 20%. And we have 500 holders and they all earn 20%. And they can give a free course away and give a free event away a month. Or, you know, free course, Evergreen, and then the free monthly challenge. They can invite friends, family, whoever they want. So basically, we have an army of 500 people inviting to people. And then we also use, you know, Facebook ads, our email list, all of all of the other stuff as well. Is most of this taking place inside the Facebook group? Are you, for example, using, like, are you streaming this training live into the Facebook group? Is that kind of like the destination where a lot of this stuff is happening? Yeah, exactly. So the Facebook group, there's like a, you know, a pinned video. And then you have the guides. The guides will have the replays day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. And then so you kind of have like lessons like, hey, you know, the guides tab is how you find it afterward. The way Facebook made their groups, it's like you can host a free course there. So for people who don't want Kajabi or all this other stuff, they're starting out. I always recommend new entrepreneurs use Facebook groups to build a group on a niche and then use the guides for having a free course. And there you have a free private group. Plus a free private course hosting place. Let's get into like your NFT. So your NFT, how did you, let's connect the dots between the challenge in your case and the NFT. So what were you offering in the challenge? And then how did that lead to them actually purchasing the NFT? Yeah, so we've done anywhere from a five-day Kingdom NFT challenge where we'll talk about, you know, the first day it's like all about mindset and, you know, getting your mind around the blockchain and web three and what is web three versus web two and we kind of would showcase and take them on this journey and get their mind kind of stretched to the blockchain some use cases why it matters why we believe it's going to be big 
And, and then that's kind of in usually in anything day one is like a mindset day. It's like kind of getting your mind ready for the rest of the week. And then Tuesday, the second day in a five day challenge, you know, we're going a little bit deeper day three, you know, we go deeper and then we share more of the vision of what we're personally doing in web three. And then, and then how the use cases that we're doing as far as film and music and build an entertainment company. And then, and then we kind of have the invitation. And then, you know, ask like, hey, are you guys interested? And people are like kind of wondering, like, where are we, what are we doing? Like, is there something, how do we get a part? Because they kind of hear snippets day one and day two of what we're doing, but we don't give them an ability to buy anything. So they're kind of like already kind of wondering, like, how do I get more, find out what you guys are doing? And then day three, we invite them. And then day four, we keep giving more value, go deeper. Day five, go deeper. And then day four and day five, we also kind of, sometimes the speakers will kind of even, you know, as they're going deeper into whatever the topic is, you know, some of, for us on Kingdom Warriors, it's Web3 NFTs. And it's like finding the greatness inside you, becoming a warrior, believing in yourself, saying like, yes, I could do this. I could be great. I can go after my dreams. So ours is like an incubator just to be like, God has your back and he's for you. And like, you can believe in yourself. And, you know, as a community, we're going to believe in you. And we're and like basically saying you're good soil, like believe in yourself. This is fascinating because it sounds like to me, when you market this, are you marketing this to kind of like as a learn web three challenge? Or are you marketing this more as a learn web three and possibly what it could make possible for you more the aspirational side of it? I'm just curious how you're positioning it. Because other project founders are probably listening to this and they're starting to get inspired a little bit about, because we all know the audience that doesn't understand Web3 is massive. The audience that doesn't know what NFT is, is huge, right? So anyone could use this just to train people on what the heck NFTs even are and how it all works, right? But I would imagine in your case, you had to have some tie-in to this, this bigger vision that you had, right? So I don't know, I've just rambled a little bit there, but hopefully you caught what I'm asking. How did you, how did you promote it? Yeah. Yeah, so we promoted it as like kind of, you know, for newbies, new people to learn that are, just want to learn about how you can use NFTs to fundraise for charity, how you can use NFTs to, you know, potentially have a, a you know, some assets that could potentially gain value and learning just what is the blockchain. And for us, it's like, how do you use it to make impact? So we kind of targeted people that are like wondering how you can buy and support something cool or how you can use it to potentially raise money for charities, which We've raised money and we're, we just actually are buying some land in Uganda with some, an orphanage and widow partners. And so we are, we're actually proving a use case that you can build a cool company and, you know, sponsor orphanages. You can fight human sex trafficking, which people are care about all these things. And if you find out you can do all of that and give, you know, you can raise 3 million and give, you know, 10% of that, you know, which is like 3 million, 10%. What is that? That's 300,000. I think that's a lot. Yeah. The 300, yeah, you can, yeah, if you do a $3 million launch, you're, you can essentially raise 300000 So basically for any big person like a Tim Tebow or, you know, I have some friends who just raised like $3 million and then $4 million for Tim Tebow's, you know, human sex trafficking he's fighting. And so like, if you can, the potential for even marketing agencies and you can figure out how to successfully do these and then do these for other big names, like to do something for a project that you could develop and build and raise money for charity. That's something we're really interested in really looking into. So what percentage of the NFTs that you sold do you attribute to challenges? I would say say definitely it's like our 80-20. Like 80% has of the growth has kind of been towards challenges and pivoting and serving Web2 people. And then 20% have been, you know, the Discord NFT people 
coming to us. How often are you actually running challenges? Did you just do one in the beginning and that was it? Or are you doing that? It sounds like you're doing them on a regular basis. So we've done six in the past six months. And if we do one this month, it'll be seven in seven months. And every time you do this, you, you typically, I would imagine it costs you money to do this, right? Because you've got to go out and run ads. So you're seeing a return on investment on something like this, right? Oh, huge. I mean, it's challenges is a really good, definitely good ROI. If you can have a good offer, you can have a good run a good event and have some even some hopefully some speakers who can help you promote it and you have you kind of figure out those systems and all the stuff to get people there. And I think there is there's definitely, you know, the gift of like speaking and like, you know, some of that they just come to a challenge and you're like kind of scared or don't know what you're talking about or just like you they may not buy what you're selling. But if you have a good offer, you believe in it, you could take people through a, a journey over those days and educate and empower them and give value, people will buy your offer, even if it's personal coaching or it's fitness, you know, whatever it is, you can get customers through this strategy. If people want to learn about challenges, is there any particular thought leaders or courses or ebooks or podcasts that you think they ought to listen to? Because I know a lot of people are like, wow, this could really solve a lot of the problems I'm having with my NFT projects, right? Because traditional marketing on nfts doesn't seem to work but what you're doing seems to be working yeah absolutely i mean this podcast is definitely great uh, one the course uh pedro odeo you could just google pedro odeo and look up challenges he has a course crush it with challenges how do you spell pedro's last name do you know a d a o a d a o and he has a course called crush it with challenges yeah he has a course called crush it with challenges and then yeah and also i mean if you dm me on social media i have some challenge people if you're you're serious and you kind of have a brand we work with like a we we because we're so focused on Kingdom Warriors, we only help like a, a you know a few big clients or like clients that like have a pretty much if you already have a brand, this is just like an extension. Challenge will be the extension or bring like another thirty percent to their business if they already have you know an audience. So community obviously and culture are a big part of what you're building here, right? So I would imagine from the moment the challenge starts until the moment they're into your Discord and other Facebook groups or whatever you're using. Talk to me a little bit about how culture and community have been really important and how important they should be to NFT projects. Yeah, so that's something when I got into NFTs, there were some communities that, you know, they're saying it's all about community and stuff like that. And everyone, you know, they're in Discord and people are chatting and you did start meeting some people and start seeing the regulars. If you show up each day, it's like, I guess if you're at the bar, you know, probably you show up every Friday and Saturday, you'll start meeting some people. But in Discord, it was kind of like that. But it was just, you know, everyone's anonymous, like kind of everyone's like they're kind of connected but i like you know like real connection like hanging out with people knowing who they are and potentially doing events together in the future like in real life and stuff so i was like how do we bring some of the stuff i really like from the web 2 world to the web 3 world and so like getting on zooms together and you know us all sharing mastermind information like you know how can we help each other how can we use our holders community to one bring benefit to everyone if this person needs this person's services like let them work together like have the community be able to work together. So our community is now working together on, you know, e-commerce project, merchandise, like different stuff because each person has a skill. We have doctors, attorneys, business people, we have, you know, funders. So there's all, we're even seeing like, how do we even through this mastermind or through this holder network, how do we bring the most value to where people just want to be a part of Kingdom Warriors from the community? Not to mention like our culture, you know, technology companies, you look at like, what is the company culture? So for NMT projects, same thing. What's the culture? And for ours, it's like a culture of honor and a culture where we only encourage each other. We're like, we're only encouraging each other and saying like, you know, how can we help each other? How 
if people are dealing with something, we kind of just bring solutions. How do we bring solutions to each thing that's happening in in our community? And through that, there's just so much solutions and people that are ready to help and serve other people. And so it's been, it's been really fascinating to see. And that's probably the coolest thing I've seen about Web3. And the coolest thing is because now people helping each other, Web3 actually, and even people promoting the project, now Web3 allows everyone to win together. So it's like this rising tide that lifts all boats. So the community's winning, everyone's growing, and then and then the project grows too because it becomes a stronger community. You told me that uh, when we were preparing for this interview that you have some values that are inside like love, peace, and joy, and that you've even trained up some of your moderators to do certain kinds of activities and actions. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how you came up with these values and also like how are you training your moderators to help kind of nurture and cultivate that community? You know, we have moderators from South Africa, from the Philippines, Americas, and as a team, we're just like, how do we, when people come in, they feel loved, they feel understood, they feel hopeful. Uh, you know, there's already enough negativity when you turn on the news or anything in this world. So we're like, how can we be an NFT project that when you come to our Discord, or you come to our Facebook group or one of our um, events or one of our Zooms that we're encouraging each other. And we're and I pretty much I got it from the Bible and just talks about, you know, it talks about like heaven culture being righteousness, peace, love, joy. And so to me, it's like, how do we bring a place where people they don't have to think about, um, you know, they don't get what they're getting from the world. They're able just to get encouragement and feel like there is hope, you know, and um, that's what we're we're trying to bring with Kingdom Wars. You had told me that you have regular meetings with the community on Zoom. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing when you do that, and and uh, what do you call it, and what kind of takes place, and how does that help develop community? Yeah, so I actually learned this from some founders of some good projects at NFT and Y, and they said, you know, doing a consistent weekly meeting where they're just transparent on what we're building, what we're doing what's going on. And then when I came back, I was like, hey, we need to do a weekly Zoom just with all holders, you know, because we have if you have like 10 NFTs, you're called like a Kingdom General. And, you know, there's like a monthly mastermind just for them. And I was like, we need something that's just like, like they said, every week consistent. Here's what we're building. Here's what we're doing. Get everyone connected on Zoom once a week for an hour or so. And so now we do that and we kind of showcase what we're doing, what's the updates. And then we bring, we start even networking and have like different things for the community to give updates on where we're at as a project you call family time is that right yeah it's like family time but i think it, the official title is like warrior wednesday and okay. we just kind of meet together as a warrior family and just and it's yeah it's brought people together yeah people get to know each other more and get to share you know some of the highlights of wins they're having for that week and be encouraged so i know that you've mentioned earlier about this film project that you're working on that's in post-production and I also know that it seems, as at least from what I've heard, and we've had private conversations about how you really are hoping that NFTs could impact the film industry. Talk to me a little bit about where you think NFTs and movie making and films and all that stuff could go. Yeah, so we're looking right now for, there's companies like Angel Studios that now they're, I think they just raised 30 million and they're you know putting it into, I don't know, 10 to 20 films or something. They're behind The Chosen, right? Yeah, Angel Studios behind The Chosen. The Chosen, for instance, has raised, I think, I don't know, I think it might be 50 million or something, but a total, I think they raised like 50 million total. But I, the last I heard that they've done like 500 million in revenue. So Amazon, the Netflixes are like seeing some of that. And they're like, they're basically Amazon is, you know, starting to pour money into some of that stuff. And, you know, like in faith or impact type films. And we, um, so we're just looking at like different crowdfunding things, like what The Chosen has done and others and saying, 
you know, how could Web3 potentially do that? You know, some of the problems is some of the some of the people who may have funded the 50 million of or even 10 to 50 million for the chosen, you know, they probably would have just used credit or debit card. They probably wouldn't use Web3. So I feel like we are kind of early on some of the, you know, hey, but at the same time, I've seen like reports for like the constitution, like people have raised tons of millions to try to buy one of the constitution, like over a hundred million dollars to try to buy like one of the nine, you know, constitutions or something out there, or like this, a lot of different things. I mean, even with, you know, people selling an NFT for like 60 something million, it's like, there are people out there with a lot of money in crypto, I guess. So it's as the adoption grows, you're going to see more people where I think it's good to have an option to where like people can do credit debit, but then crypto like they're feel like it's just all of them should be have it to where you know you could pay in those have the opportunity to pay in those terms to but i mean with smart contracts and stuff there's potential safer in investors there's potential for you know smart contracts and people to have a percentages of the the back end and you know the way i'm seeing how the movie stuff works is like you know you have an angel investor and now they're you know a producer and they have you know some points on the back end of the film you know, all that stuff could, you know, just like anything else could pretty much be on a smart contract and divvied out through that. So fascinating. Uh, Eric, if people want to check out one of your challenges, first of all, is there a place that they should go? Do you have a, like a destination URL if they want to see how you do your challenges? And then also, where can they discover more about your, your project in general? Yeah. So for challenges, we host once a month these amazing events. They're free. Um, and you go to www.kingdomnfts.com. So kingdomnfts.com. And that's the monthly challenges. And then on Twitter, we're at Kingdom War NFT. And our, our website is kingdomwarriorsnft.com. And that's our Web3 website. Um, yeah, just Twitter and um, our website. Outstanding. Well, Eric, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your experience with challenges. I think a lot of people are like, for sure open to this new possibility of how a challenge could maybe help them sell out an nft project because we're in this bear market right now right and projects aren't really moving and i really love the idea of creating an experience that has you know kind of incremental steps that'll get people interested in learning more about something and then ultimately maybe some of them a portion of them will decide to want to get in on your project and then they'll be loyal Right. And they'll be part of the community, which I think is what everybody wants. They want to build something for the long run. So thank you again, Eric Skeldon, for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Hey, thank you for having me. And yeah, challenges, NFTs, Web3. It's going to be good. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C43. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. And would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.